Hello everyone, this is Francis Tapon with WanderLearn, where we explore travel technology and transformation. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing Tanzania. Yes, that wonderful country in East Africa. I'll be interviewing Frank Isaac, and I'll be asking him some of the following questions. For example, how's the new government fighting corruption, and is it working or not? Are men never at home? And is that kind of expected? I kind of noticed that a lot of African men, they don't spend much time at home. And, and I was just curious about that. And I want to ask him about that. He also lived, by the way, Frank lived in Uganda. So he lived there many years. And I want to know how are Ugandans different than Tanzanians? Because we tend to think of Africa as one country and certainly even just East Africa as one big clump. We dive into a little bit some of the, the subtle differences. Also, dating. How is that life? Are, do people date between tribes? Does that exist? And how many tribes are there in Tanzania anyway? What about polygamy? Are, is polygamy on the rise, on the fall? Are men providers or not? What about witchcraft? Is it a big deal? Are people really into witchcraft? What about are they into fidelity? And do men spend much time with their children? And do men impregnate women and take off? These are controversial subjects and you'll want to listen in. It's just a 30-minute episode, so listen in to Frank Isaac from Tanzania. My name is Frank, Frank Isaac. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm also a trader. I trade in uh, digital currencies and uh, forex. Very nice. Okay, so speaking about trading and business and things like that, that's something you know a lot about. Right now, Tanzania has got a new administration. Well, it's not that new, but anyway, they, they've got a guy who's really trying to weed out corruption uh, as president. How is it working? Um, what, do, what do you think is, is your take here? Uh, well, different people have uh, different opinions and maybe perceptions, but uh, it's mixed uh, ideologies because some people think we're doing much better some people think we still have corruption so you can't really tell what exactly is going on it depends on where you are or who you're dealing with yeah yeah you know one thing i've noticed that's pretty common in africa is the men tend to be out all day and they're not really home bodies in other words they don't stay home all day long and i've noticed you know i've been staying with you for about a week here and you and your roommate justin are so infrequently in the off and in the house that i joked around saying you're one and the same because i never see you in the same place twice Mm. because um so do you agree that uh that tanzanian men uh, are, are kind of, and maybe you lived in Uganda for 10 years. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's a commonality there that, that men are kind of like expected or either like to? I don't know what it is. Why are men, are men dis- gone away most of the day outside? Or or is that just an illusion? <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed. Uh, I think it's not the same lifestyle we used to have before. And um, it depends also if you're, if you're maybe employed or are you self-employed. So right now it's quite a challenge for uh, self-employed or entrepreneurs. You have to work longer hours. There's, I would say there's, there's probably less opportunities than there was before. So you probably have to push till the last hour. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, but even when I go to villages mm-hmm. in Africa. Even there, where 
the men are usually out of the house. They're either in the town square, sitting under a tree, or just out in the field doing something, or with the goats or the cows or something. They're they're basically they're out as well. They're, you rarely find a man who's just staying at home with the children and not moving much. I would say cultures, uh, cultures for for we most of the Africans, the men is supposed to be the provider. Right. So you have to. You find yourself eventually working more mm-hmm. because you have um, dependence. Even if you don't have family, but you will have you will find yourself in a situation where there's more people dependent on you. Mm-hmm. So eventually, the man is gonna work longer. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the differences. A lot of times, Americans and others, uh, you know, kind of just think of Africa as just one culture one person one place and so since you lived in uganda which is neighboring Mm. tanzania how are ugandans culturally or in any way different than the tanzanians when you think of you can you kind of like characterize the the stereotypical image of a ugandan versus one that's somebody from tanzania what would you what comes to mind there are a few factors that have um that make us different traditionally somehow we may differ in culture but also we have countries that have had more more colonial residents than compared to other countries for example Kenya and Uganda and maybe Malawi and uh, Zambia they have more western residents compared to we Tanzania and um, somehow they have adapted more western culture than than Tanzania so there's a little bit of more western influence in those countries than than Tanzania but also the education education system our curriculum the curriculums that we do have Tanzania has um, has uh, adapted more Swahili we we're more of a Swahili speaking and uh, it makes us a little bit different compared to other countries that are the more they have their indigenous groups and uh, there are local languages but they have adapted more to English as a language and uh, even the culture so eventually it makes uh, it makes us uh, very different and um, that's interesting yeah because I, I think that if you look at the um, speakers on the street of Tanzania, it's very hard to find somebody who does not speak Swahili. I mean, sure. it's pretty much the language, sure. the go-to language. Versus in Kenya and Uganda, yeah. uh, even though it's supposedly a Swahili, Swahili zone, sure. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, there's a lot very of people true. who don't speak it. Am I right? True, very true, very true. What percentage of uh, Ugandans, since you were there for about 10 years, you were living in Kampala, the capital? Kampala, yes. Okay, so what percentage of them were, would you say, could speak uh, pretty fluent Swahili? Fluent, not really. Maybe if you say out of 10, probably one, and that wouldn't be so fluent, actually, Mm -hmm. because in Uganda, it was known as a language for for the army people in the army or it was a language that was used during uh, liberation so what which country besides tanzania has a hundred percent penetration of swahili i would say kenya very close kenya and congo really yeah. kenya not close to 100 percent but it wouldn't okay. be 100 percent but maybe half maybe 60 
Okay. Yeah. Alright. Sixty, and then Congo also. They quite, they speak they speak Swahili. Quite. Okay, but you haven't been to these two countries to test out this. I've been to Kenya. Okay, to yeah, Kenya. Okay, yeah. and so then there on the street, you found people who could yeah, speak. Yeah, it's okay. widely spoken. And but their accent is kind of funny. <laughs> I wouldn't say funny. We just happen to speak it different. It's like somebody like, from Texas versus somebody from New York. Exactly, right, exactly. Right. Or French guy speaking English or Spanish sure. guy speaking English. So right, right. It's, an it's, it's an accent. Yeah, yeah sure. it's an accent. Let's talk about dating. I like to explore the unseen sides of Africa. So tell me a little bit. You're a single man, and uh, there's pressure for you to get married, isn't there? How old are you right now, and then when do people expect you to get married? I just turned 30, and uh, yeah. Time's up. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty much an age, I think, everywhere across the the world. Maybe people would have uh, some expectations. That's true. Uh, but, uh, yeah, because uh, with uh, parents and maybe the community that is surrounding you, usually that's the age that many people tend to marry. So, yeah, there, there could be a little bit of pressure here. And there. How, how many tribes uh, exist in Tanzania? To be very honest, I'm not sure, but I think... 50? No, no, no. Way more than 100. Okay. Yeah. More than 100. Okay, good. 100 plus. 100 okay, plus. Fine. So, uh, are, is, there, is there no pressure on you to marry within your tribe ethnic group? We have uh, some tribes that are, that are quite, uh, I would say, more dominant, if I would say so. Changa? Yeah, like uh, there's, there's huge, uh, big tribes, like the Changa, the Skuma. Do they do they put pressure on themselves to what tribe are you in by the way? Actually, mine is very small, very very small. My all five of you. There's just five of you left, and <laughs> probably less than hundred <laughs> or something. And you'd be surprised. Not even many Tanzanians know about my tribe. I'm 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 Pimboy. Okay. Pimboy. Okay, but but when let's say you meet a girl and she asks you what tribe you're from. Do well. First of all, do they even ask? Do they even care? Nobody cares. Yeah, a lot of people tend to ask, especially when you want to know each other deeply. People want to know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that being from a tiny tribe does that help hurt or make no difference? It helps. It's to my big advantage because people don't know exactly. They don't know that you're all criminals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it it makes it easy for me to to actually interact uh, with people because they. Maybe they're more keen to know exactly what my tribe is and maybe who I am with them, uh, compared to to the big tribes because bigger tribes and uh, there's common characteristics about them. Yeah, sure. So people kind of tend to judge. And so somebody may not have to ask much because they'll, they'll, they'll sum up with what they already know, which I find it a little bit boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They well, they definitely uh, prejudge. It's the same thing that happens in America. If somebody's from New York, then it's oh, okay. You're from Manhattan. I already know what you're all about. I don't need to even ask you anything. It's it's the way human beings work. I think. Um, so okay. So then you're. Are there arranged marriages or never? I think that's uh, way back. They used to be. What about polygamy? I know there's uh, some. I think it's more religion. Some religions still practice that poly- uh, polygamy. So the Muslims still actually do it? Because there's some Muslims who, you know, yeah. in Islam officially you can have four wives, but a lot of them yeah. don't. 
a lot of them don't because I think because of uh, economics. Uh, yeah, economics. Mm. Yeah. So, so, but polygamy is legal in Tanzania, right? You can you can do it um, if you want to. It's not like the government's going to stop you. I'm not sure about the government's. Uh, um, what percentage of men do you think are polygamous? Let's say ten percent. Oh, no, very few actually. Okay, one percent, two percent, maybe something. max two. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's uh, because maybe Islam because of Islam, but uh, I, the rest traditionally not many do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so not too many arranged marriages, not too much polygamy going on. So do people meet people on, uh, you know, just social events, social media, um, dating sites? Are dating sites popular here or not really? Dating sites? No, <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, I think socially it depends with where you're interacting, where, you, where, peop- uh, where people are gathering it could be work. I don't know work. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people still think churches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a different question. As far as uh, the power dynamics of a relationship, I've you know before I got married, I dated lots of African women. I didn't date people in Tanzania, but mm-hmm. um, there's kind of this implicit expectation that the man becomes the provider right from the get-go in other words um he pays for everything and in fact gives the woman cash Mm -hmm. uh just as like you know here you have a few dollars you know go this is your spending money Mm -hmm. and uh it's not like it's not just take her out to dinner or do something like that but actually here's cold hard cash and in America, if you just gave a girl, let's say, $10 or $20 and say, here, here you go, uh, have a good day, uh, she would just be furious and think, you know, what do you think I am, a prostitute? But in Africa, it's a, a very normal custom. And would you say it exists live and well here in Tanzania, too? Very true. Very true. We have, because if you look at it um, realistically, we have um, a very, I would say, a, a lower employment rate. So even with the skilled uh, skilled uh, labor, we have less skilled labor than compared to many countries out there. So you find that most of the jobs is will call for manpower, and maybe it's believed that man has got more power, man can work more, and uh, probably the the lady can work less. And besides that. Maybe because of family, the lady or the the mother or the woman can take care of the family better. So it's it's a it's a distribution of maybe responsibilities. So if you look at actually compared maybe to the Western culture, um, the man maybe can equally raise uh, the children, but here men spend less time with the children unless you you have that kind of. I don't you've chosen to to adapt also so automatically you find men being forced to work more so they they provide more and why do men not spend much time with their children simply because they work more um but if I th- sometimes even if I see an unemployed uh guy you know it doesn't seem like it's you know it's it's a, it's a big priority it seems like culturally a, a Men are not expected to necessarily spend a ton of their time with their children. Um, maybe I'm wrong. 
I think those are just a few few ex- exceptions. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- then what about these men? Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about fidelity. What percentage of men who are married do you think are faithful to their wives? Um, I think that would be a very, <laughs> very personal. Uh, no, no, I know it's personal, obviously, and I'm not asking you. No, no, I, I, I know you. Yeah. But I'm just saying that it's, it's uh, what you know. Your friends, you know, you've observed the society. You've lived here all your life, uh, except for those ten years in Uganda. Yeah. But what percentage of men do you think would um, would be faithful? You know, I know it's just a guess. You know, it's just a guess. But are we talking ten percent, fifty percent, ninety percent? Well, ballpark it's a crazy one or, or just a zone you know a range uh, is it the majority who are faithful or majority who are not faithful it, it will be easier to, to answer that because if you look at it I'm a, I'm a bachelor so most people socialize with are bachelors and I'm not getting into the bigger cycle of, uh, okay well then we can talk about bachelor men you know yeah. who are dating some yeah. girl who are like in a uh, you know kind of a regular serious dating yeah. relationship they got a, a regular girlfriend how, how what percentage of those guys are faithful to their girlfriends I think until somebody has not taken the decision to to marry you cannot really rely on, on their fidelity. Exactly. So you think that? So you think it's pretty high uh, that there's infidelity going on on the man's side. What about the women's side? Do you think it's the same thing, or do you think women are much more faithful to their men? Well, I, I know. Again, you don't know. Yeah, you can't. You can't tell. And I think uh, it depends with the. I mean, you can know sometimes if, let's say, you uh, you you start dating some girl or you're having sex with her, and then all of a sudden you discover that she has a boyfriend. And then you say, okay, no, well, I guess she very, wasn't faithful. To be very to be very honest, I think the the ladies are pretty pretty much faithful, mm. pretty much faithful, and um, maybe for the guys it will be because of uh, different pressures, maybe pressure to get married, pressure from work, pressure from other social. Mm-hmm. social challenges you know so i think pretty much the guys got too much stuff in their heads do you think it's the same story in uganda i would guess everywhere mm-hmm. everywhere yeah okay. and uh do you think that things are changing that in that aspect i mean now are women becoming more you know they're working more and so they're feeling less dependent on guys and true because uh Sometimes it's it's disappointing to to be dependent or to rely on on the man. So especially with the with the the new generation that is much more exposed, and it depends with somebody's background also. But a lot of uh, young people they're more more self dependent. And then, do you look at let's say Uganda and Tanzania? Which country do you feel more optimistic for as far as the future of the country? And you know, if you were to pick a place to live would you assuming you don't you're not from there if you're let's say an american coming in Mm. and you want to like either invest or live where would you where do you think which land has more opportunity at this point in 2018 uh 2018 uh, i mean i love my country i believe uh we have uh, quite a few challenges at the moment like very many other african countries Uganda has their challenge. I mean, they have their own challenges. They also have a dictator. It's been there for over 30 years. I think with them, it's more of consistency, maybe. They, though their government is uh, is a little bit different from 
ours, but they could have more consistency than than we. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, it's a bit stable. It's better to have a stable true, dictator yeah, who is yeah. actually not horrendously true. terrible. I would say they 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 have more stability than us. Right, and so and same thing with Rwanda. They have had the same very, guy. Very true. Very true. For you know, yeah. Paul Kagame's been there for decades. Yeah. Um, I think about twenty years or so. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, uh, you think that you at least would appreciate. You wouldn't mind having somebody be a dictator in Tanzania and giving up a bit of your democracy if at least he was a mediocre to above average dictator. <laughs> But that's not where we're coming from, so right. that's why it's a challenge right now. People are not. Uh, You've never had. Well, actually, your first president was pretty much a dictator. I mean, he was no, there for like. No, because we were. We mm-hmm. were. Remember, we were one party, one party country, and we were socialist government before. Do you think that socialism stills? It seems like it's still in the blood of Tanzanians. We've tried it until we adopted our. A little bit of capitalism, and we seem to be trying to go back, but we don't know. We don't know. For example, I remember I was interviewing Gloria, uh, and she was talking about, you know, hey, the government's not giving us jobs. The government is not giving, you know, like, I can't find a job in the government, you know, as if the government was the main provider of jobs. And I, when she made that comment, I thought that that was very interesting. I was like, you know, in America, Nobody would say the government is not giving us a job. The government may not be helping create an environment that creates jobs. But she was talking about the government giving you a direct job, you know, that you're working for the government. And and Americans never, well, not never, but basically don't really think of getting their job from the government. Every American thinks about getting a job from a private sector. But in Tanzania, is it a bit different? I wouldn't say, okay, not different per se, but uh, we have had a number of people having the same kind of mentality, but it doesn't work. I, I think it doesn't work anywhere in the world until you take the decision to do things for yourself. That's the reason why you're asking why are people spending less hours right now in their homes, because everybody has to take the initiative and do something for themselves, you know, because... Uh, we cannot depend on uh, on the government to do everything for you. Not everything, but even the little, because uh, even if the government is say there is um, free uh, health insurance, but you find out that you still have to go an extra amount to to take care of yourself or to have the to have better medication, mm. or, you know. So it it will work out the same on jobs on housing and on, on everything you if you if you need a good life if you need a better life you have to give yourself the good life mm-hmm. you cannot depend on 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 the government because there is so much there's so many people in the country so you cannot be treated equally and if you expect an equal treatment that means with people with higher expectations they'll definitely fall below their targets last question getting back to men and society i wanted to you know a lot of african men that i've run into it's just it's a common theme in my five years here is that they seem to have always some child somewhere that's from another woman but they're not with that woman Mm -hmm. so there's this kind of and then a lot of women have complained to me saying i got impregnated i got you know i delivered a child but then the guy doesn't pay child support doesn't do anything he basically just checked out First of all, do you agree with this summary? Do you think that this is a common problem or not, maybe not even a problem, just a common a reality in Africa? I think uh, 
the problem starts when you, you when you're not married because if you have a child somewhere or with somebody and then you you don't end up together probably you were not married before having the child so and usually after having a child you discover there's certain things you discover either it's not good to have expectations but eventually you find out maybe somewhere somehow you could have been a little bit different or somebody had a little bit of expectations and that could have put you separate do you have a child i forgot I do. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's the thing. I was if I if I was waiting for you to say no, I don't, then I would be like that's unusual because most men before the age of 30 have a child somewhere. Sure. Um so why uh is there some sort of pressure that you're like okay, I might die before I'm 30 and therefore I want to make sure I have a child before I die kind of thing? Is that even go through the people's mind? Sometimes being young, you fall in love too deeply and with a little bit of ambitions. And, you know, that is usually the age where you have a lot of targets. And and to me, I thought having a child early could have been a, could have been a better thing you know, because you, you want to give the best of it before you have too much responsibilities or before you get old. It's not an education issue. It's not like... African men don't know the birds and the beads and and the way that you, that you get a girl pregnant. It's not like mm-hmm. they. It's not a sex education no. problem, right? No, no, no. It's not a sex education problem. So they know it's not like an accident. Like oh, like I didn't even. I, I had no idea that if I, you know, you know, have sex with a girl and and uh, leave my sperm in her, that all of a sudden she's going to get pregnant. It's not like it's an ignorance issue, right? No, no, no. It's okay. not an ignorance issue okay. and. So, uh, in terms of sex education, I think a lot of people are told, even those that are not into school or do not have any kind of formal education, because there's usually um, social education programs by different, uh, I would say, like organizations, some, some being uh, NGOs, so they reach out to so many people. Even those that are not into the formal education system. Okay, I promised a lot. That was the last question, but I just thought of another. Mm, no. Witchcraft. Does oh, witchcraft, yeah. uh, is it alive and well in Tanzania, or is it uh, kind of a dying art? I would say probably dying. Yeah, probably dying. So is it just I, the I don't know, actually, but <laughs> it's less spoken. I would think so, maybe. I don't so know. So superstitions and certain things like that, do you think there, there are people are kind of moved beyond that? The young generation, at least? Spe- yeah, especially the young generation. Okay. Yeah. So give me an example of, let's say, something that your parents might believe that nobody in your generation believes. Uh, I wouldn't say my parents because uh, my parents are Christians and I've, I've been brought in a, in a Christian uh, background. But um, I know it's something that uh, exists and there's a number of people that, that uh, believe in superstitions. Right. But, I mean, but sometimes they, they might be, a lot of Christians may say, okay, I'm a Christian, but I believe in if I drink this potion or drink this thing, I'm going <laughs> to feel better or I'm going to um, you know f- find somebody who's going to fall in love with me and you know I'm going to get rich or something like that right I mean there's Christians who who, who believe this sometimes no 
No, uh, no, that, okay. that would be confusion. And if there is one, then they would probably not say it out because okay. it would be uh, embarrassing or something. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time, Frank, uh, spending time with us. And uh, I wish you the best here in Tanzania. And I hope that uh, 2020 is, is going to be the, the year where you're just going to become fabulously successful. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And I hope to see you again when you come back with your partner. Okay. Well. All right. And that concludes this week's episode of the WanderLearn podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Here at the WanderLearn podcast, we explore travel, technology, and transformation. Now, we can't do it without your help, and I'm just going to ask you for one simple favor. All you got to do is subscribe to this, share it with your friends, review it, and send me lots of money. How hard is that? Simple. Seriously, if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode and any other episode, go to wanderlearn.com. It's always listed to the most recent episodes are first. Find out where my shop is. And if you want to help out the show a little bit, buy something from my shop. If you want to sponsor the show, you can send me an email at ft at francistapon.com. That would be great. And finally, this show was edited by Rejoice Tapon and the music was done by David Hamilton. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.